Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shanks Show. Hour number three of our show. Welcome back. I'm Bill Shanks. Thank you very much for being with us here. It's 5 o'clock on a Tuesday in the state of Georgia, and our phone lines are open. Time for you to talk sports with me here on the show. Our number is area code 478-646-ESPN, 646-3776. You can also go on Twitter, at Bill Shanks, and chat with us, communicate with us. I guess we should continue our secondary story of, uh, let's see, how, how did uh, how did Marsh Mutt, how did Marsh Mutt uh, describe it? Uh, who would have been the best choice for Annie Griffith for his girlfriend? He voted for Nurse Peggy. Where is that? One time I Googled, believe it or not, Andy Griffith's, and, no, Andy Taylor's girlfriends. Andy Taylor's girlfriends. <laughs> Starting with, with, uh, with Ellie. We want Ellie. There was Ellie. There was Peggy. How about the uh, skeet shooter? Remember her? She only lasted one, one episode. So anyway, if you want to, if you want to talk about that, we can do that on the show. By the way, bad news for the Hawks: Sinyeka Kongwu is out. He had an MRI today. He has been diagnosed with a left big toe sprain. Listed as out for tomorrow's game at Charlotte, will be evaluated in seven to ten days. Clint Capella is out for tomorrow as well. He is expected to return to practice following the All-Star break. So for these next two games, Charlotte and Toronto, they're going to have uh, some trouble. They're going to have no height. Bruno Fernando. It's time for the Bruno Fernando Show as the Hawks are going to be a little short. That's not good. A.J. Griffin, Wesley Matthews also out tomorrow. They're sick. So, uh, not good news there for the Hawkaroos, as they, um, as always something with the Hawks. Just all, always something. Always, always, always something. 478-646-ESPN. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Kylie McDaniel. Kylie is very good. Kylie worked in the Yankees farm system at the same time that John Coppolella worked in the Yankees farm system. Copy brought him to Atlanta, and uh, Kylie works out of Atlanta. He is um, he lives in Atlanta. See him at uh, Truist Park once in a while, but Kylie's very good. Kylie has a analytics mindset, but he is very, very good at asking others their opinion on players, and when he told you about how he had shared his list with some of the other people outside and inside the organization and they liked the the placement of some of those position players I, I didn't ask him this around out of time I could have talked with him for a long time of course because I love the I love the the farm system and the prospects that's part of spring training I mean let, let's be honest that's kind of part of spring training is that you get to see young prospects you've never seen before and it's always fun to go down there to Florida because, okay, we know what Matt Olson looks like and Austin Riley and all these guys are on Acuna, of course. Let's go see somebody who we don't know. Let's go see Jose Perdermo. Let's go find him 
and see what he can do. And that's fun. You know, that, that, that's, that's, that's a lot of fun. That's just part of spring training because they're all together, right? They're all there together, and so you're able to see them all at one place. And I love pitching, so I love to see a Spencer Schwellenbach or a J.R. Ritchie. I tell you, J.R. Ritchie comes back from Tommy John surgery. He had that in May, I believe, early May or late April, I believe. But J.R. Ritchie is the type that a year from now, he could he could be a really good prospect. But the most important thing I have when it comes to the Braves and their farm system is not, oh, well, you know, who's going to replace whom on the big league roster? It is... Does Alex Anthopoulos have enough trade bait? Because, again, think about it. Matt Olson, let me bring my old chart out here, if I can. The Braves have so many people locked up, right? It's ridiculous. Matt Olson is locked up through 2029. He's got six more seasons under contract. Ronald Acuna is locked up for three more years with two option years. So he could be with the Braves for five more years. Ozzy Albies has two more years and then two option years after that. He could be around for four more years. Austin Riley is here through 2032. Two, four, six, eight. He's here for nine years with an option for a tenth year. Michael Harris is here for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years plus two option years. He could be here for nine years through 2032. Sean Murphy is here for another five years plus a potential sixth season with an option. You've got Orlando Arcia under contract for two more years and then a third year for an option. You've got uh, Marcelo Zuna even under contract for this year and an option for 2025. Same with Travis Darneau. So your two catchers, I mean, catchers locked up for five to six years. First base locked up for six years. Second base locked up for four years. Second uh, Shortstop locked up for three years, if you want it to be. Third base locked up for a decade. Jared Kelnick is under control for five more years before he's a free agent. Michael Harris is under Contract for, what did I say? Nine years. Ronald Acuna is under contract for five more years. So, there, I mean, the quickest you could need someone for with your lineup from one through nine is you, you may need a new DH in 2026. The, the lineup is going to be out there this year. Olsen, Ozzy, Arcia. Riley in the infield, Kelnick in left, Harrison center, Acuna in right, Murphy and Darno behind the plate, and Azuna, the DH. Those players right there, those 11 players, could be in place for the next two seasons if the options are picked up on Darno and Azuna. And nobody has that kind of locked-in starting lineup. It's just, it's, it just doesn't happen. But Alex Anthopoulos has done that. So you're not going to need necessarily, per se, someone to start for you unless there's a catastrophic injury and someone's really hurt now for the rest of their career. That's an unbelievable amount of – what's the word here? 
Not flexibility. That it, it, it's an unbelievable amount of time to allow your prospects to develop and in turn also develop a stable, for lack of a better term, of trade bait. So let's say there is a catastrophic injury and you've got to go get whatever position. Okay, if you don't have to bring somebody up and you allow these position players to really develop, then you can use some of that depth in your farm system to go trade for what you need if there's nobody immediately available from the farm system. Farm system has two real purposes. To give you immediate help at the big league level. In other words, uh-oh, we've lost our third baseman. Who, who do we turn to in the farm system? Or to have enough trade bait to allow you to go get that particular player for your major league team. And the Braves are packed with pitching in the farm system. And some of it's getting ready to really develop, I think, this year. So I, I love the Braves farm system. I really do. I'm, I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, it's just part of spring training. There's no question about it. 478-646-ESPN. Frank is in Savannah, and he leads us off. Hello, Frank. How are you? Hey, good, brother. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for calling. Good. Just listening to all the good information on the Braves, and I'm – Missing football, but excited about the Braves. I want to talk to you about the Braves, but I want to remind you again of how right you were about Beck. So we're looking forward to him having a great year this year. You were so right. But anyway, uh, the Braves, uh, happy about Chris Sales. That's good. Pitching staff looks good. But my big concern is, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, it, it really – wasn't pitching that collapsed in the playoffs. It was hitting. Right. And I know we got great hitters, but uh, my concern is when you have a team of the best hitters in, in the league and they all collapse at one time, uh, I, I'm, I just have to blame the hitting coach. I mean, he's got to figure this out. Uh, you can't have... Frank, we're missing you a little bit there. Your signal went out. Um, you there? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you in back now. Go ahead. Uh, I was just my final point was that you can't have all these nine great hitters go out at one time, and just something wrong when that happens. And and I, I have to blame the pitching coach. You mean the hitting coach? Well, I, I mean the hitting coach. I'm sorry. Well, a couple of things. You can't. You know, I, I can't remember the sporting news. Someone named Kevin Seitzer the Braves' main hitting coach, as the coach of the year in Major League Baseball because of how well his hitters did in 2023. Now, hard to call him the best coach for the regular season and then all of a sudden he sucks in the postseason. And I'm going to take a very organizational view here that pretty much it makes me admit that I don't know what else to kind of blame for that performance, and that is – a fluky thing. The Braves had a historic offense, and they, at the wrong time, had eight runs in four games. Now, that's stupid. That's that that. There is no explanation for that. That that's when you kind of shrug your shoulders and say, "Well, that's baseball." You know, how do you explain that? That uh, there are tons of things that happen over the course of a year or number of years where you're just like, "Oh, you know, crap like that happens." It was a fluke. It, it was ridiculous for the Braves 
to have such an easy time scoring runs against every kind of pitching staff. And then in that series to simply, literally, strike out, to just not be able to produce at all. Um, you know, and, and then you get down to, well, baseball's a game of inches. And, and I've said ten times over the last several months, if in the eighth inning of game four in Philadelphia, if when the Phillies had walked the bases loaded, if Ronald Acuna had pulled the ball, they would have won game four and probably gone back to Atlanta and won game five, and who knows what would have happened the rest of the way. But baseball's a game of inches, and he hit it to the deepest part of the ballpark, and that was the third out of the inning, and there was nothing he could do. Now, I don't know how you blame the hitting coach for that. Was the approach wrong against the Phillies pitching staff? Well, I mean, there's no doubt Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler are the type of pitchers that, and I think everybody knew this going into the postseason, that a, a team like the Phillies with two top starting pitchers could be a problem for any offense in baseball. And we've seen it so many times. I mean, I, it, unfortunately, I go back to the 20, uh, 2003 Braves team which was also a, a, a great offense, and the Cubs shut them down. And you're talking about Gary Sheffield, who ought to be in the Hall of Fame, Chipper, Andrew, who will be in the Hall of Fame. I, I mean, an unbelievable offense on that team. Unbelievable offense. And they weren't as bad as last year, but it was pretty damn bad. It was it was rough. And – you know, that was a team in 2003 that I thought the Braves were going to win the World Series. So, you know, is it, a, is it stupid, Frank, to say simply, well, it was a fluke that it happened and, you, 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 you know, any team can go hot or rather or cold, for that matter, at the, the wrong time and you're just kind of um, having to live with the consequences – I, because I don't know what else to – I don't really know what else to say about that. I mean, it, I don't blame Kevin Seitzer. I, I don't think – I don't know what he could have done. I mean, and then you get into – and I know this is a hell of a long answer. Then you get into the discussion about the time off and the fact, well, all right, the Braves did everything they could to try to stay fresh, warm, hot, whatever you want to say, to – be ready for that series even with the five-day layoff and it's like well what do you do this year come back and just sit at home and you know eat oreos and sip on mountain dew for five days so there's no answer for it you have to be hot at the right time and that's that again i hate to do it i'm shrugging my shoulders frank but that's baseball well I, i hear all your points and matter of fact your last point was what i was hoping you would say and that is the layoff the layoff uh, here's the thing. You could be in a batting cage. You, you can practice all day long, but there's the real game life experience in any sport is different. So that layoff, you, you just lose. And, and it, I've seen over the years teams that get hot at the right time win. Uh, that's yep. just the way it is. The, the only thing I would say about pitching, and I'm going to shut up with this, but the only thing I would say about the pitching coach is, you know, could, could there have been some adjustments he made by – you know, when you see an everybody cold, uh, roll the dice and put somebody in, see if they can hit. Maybe that's not true. But anyway, I want to tell you this last thing. Um, I listen to a lot of radio shows, TV shows. Uh, I like politics and all those things. But nobody does it better than Bill Shanks. Just want you to know that. Well, Frank, I 
I appreciate that very much. I, I can't tell you how much that means to me, especially coming from someone who is compar- comparatively a, a new listener in Savannah, and we have just been thrilled with the support we've gotten from Savannah and our new stations, and I thank you very much, and I hope you'll call back, okay? We will. You have a great day. All right. Take care. Let's go next to one of our old standbys. Always great to hear from Kirkland. How are you? How you doing? Hey, pretty good, man. Good to hear you, boy, Bill. Yes, sir. Always great to hear your voice, too, man. I got two things. I don't know if it's going to last through the break or whatever, but um, I was just, I'm going to be real quick about the first one. Hey, thank God for the Chiefs. And I'm glad. I'm sure everybody can speak for everybody who loves the Atlanta Falcons. That was so great right there. I love oh. that. Just to see Kyle Shanahan's face. And that's oh, all I'm going to say. He's a whiny little witch. You know that, uh, Kirkland. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, and he you know like what? He can't learn night. from his mistakes, can he? I mean, he just can't learn from his mistakes. Still doing the same thing 20 times. Unbelievable. I know it. Crazy. Uh, uh, you know, and, and that was one thing I said yesterday, Kirkland, start the show. If you don't think that coaching is important, watch the replay of that game from Sunday because that, that Andy Reid <laughs> ate his lunch. And that makes me more peed off, man. <laughs> we should have won that Super Bowl. I'm not, I know the game's won, you know, with the final outcome, but that should have been ours. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know, it, it's hard. It will never go away. You know, it, it's just a, a horrible memory. And I, I think I, – I don't know how to quantify this, Kirkland, but I think a percentage of the Atlanta Falcons fan base angst is because of that. And there's nothing we can do about that. And it's not our fault. We weren't the ones that choked on a 28 to 3 lead. But, and, and I can, I know that part of my angst in general about the team is because of that. Because we would, you know, there, there's a part of us that wouldn't give a damn about what's going on today if we'd won the Super Bowl seven years ago. I mean, we, we get greedy and so forth. I get that. But my gosh, when you get that ripped out of, of, of your grasp, it's it's cruel. Three with what three minutes and twenty eight seconds left in the third quarter. Yep. Just think about that. Yep. Eighteen minutes. Eighteen minutes until victory, and they absolutely just threw it away. Unbelievable. Hey, but yeah, I got some baseball questions. I heard the uh, last caller talking about um, hitting and stuff. But um, and I got two problems. I think the reason why the Braves didn't go any further in that game, I know hitting was a big issue. But I think the really big issue and you talked about a lot, and you kind of quantify a little bit when you talk about this stuff because that's your big thing. And you love talking about pitching. Nobody really had a quality start in those in that series. No. And I think that really would have happened. That the top stars didn't, be, didn't wasn't the top starters. And I think the Philadelphia had two top stars, like you were talking about earlier with the last caller. And um, we just didn't get that kind of performance from the, from the pitchers. I think if we'd have got that from the pitchers, everything would have been okay. Well, and I, I wrote a column that was in the uh, Savannah Morning News uh, a couple of weeks ago, Kirkland. I'm going to bring it up because I want to read these numbers because you're 100% right. No question about the fact that scoring eight runs in four games is not going to win you many ball games at all. There's no question whether it's October or April, right? You just you, that's hard to win with that type of of run production. But if you look at the numbers here, um, last October the three Atlanta Braves starting pitchers who started the four games allowed 13 runs in 19.1 innings. That's an ERA of 6.06. Meanwhile, the Phillies starters allow just five earned runs in 20.2 innings. That's an ERA of 2.18. So the Phillies starting pitchers ERA 2.18. Atlanta starting pitchers ERA 6.06. 
Then you go back to 2022. Four Atlanta starting pitchers allowed 12 earned runs in 13.2 innings, an ERA of 7.94. The Phillies starting pitchers allowed only five earned runs in 19.1 innings. That's an ERA of 2.33. So in the last eight playoff games, all against the Phillies, the Braves starting pitchers allowed 25 earned runs that's an ERA of 6.82 for the starting rotation in the last two postseasons. And so I, I think that is why they went after Aaron Nola and they got Chris Sale. Bec- and, and, look, part of it was bad luck, right? I mean, we, we know that. We know that, Kirkland, because of two years ago when Spencer had his side oblique strain and Max was 165 pounds, throwing up, sicker than a dog. Then this past year, obviously, Charlie got hurt with a dumb finger. Max was not 100% because of the, the blister. I mean, there's been some bad luck in there, too. But a 6.82 ERA by your starting pitchers in your last two postseasons, that's a problem. That's a big problem. And I think the biggest thing was Max Free getting hurt, though. I mean, that's pretty, yeah. that kind of put us behind the eight ball right there. You know, and, and good pitching always beats good hitting. Always. Just like this thing about good defense beats good offense in the football. So I think it came down to that, Bill. I mean, we, we've got to address that. I, I don't know what they've gotten because I had followed the offseason, but I'm sure I'll listen to you so you can tell me. And so, because I don't know if Chris Sale is going to be the answer or not, but. We need top starting pitching, though, at least two top starters well, to have a good chance to get to the World Series. You're right. And you know what? Obviously, Max and Spencer, I think, are two of the top 10 to 15 starting pitchers in baseball. I really believe that. I I, I mean, you know, people were talking about Spencer Strider going for 300 strikeouts this year. And, of course, Max, if Max is healthy, which Max has been mostly healthy in his career. Last year was his worst year as far as injuries are concerned because he had a hamstring, then he had the shoulder strain, and then he had that daggum blister again. So he had a really rough year last year, but he says he's healthy now. If the Braves had those two top starting pitchers with Max and Spencer, that's like Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Then you add on top of that Charlie Morton. And, look, Charlie obviously got hurt at the wrong time last year. He got hurt in the World Series when a line drive broke his damn leg, and he still pitched for for an inning. But Charlie, for the last three years, has been really good. He has. Even though he's been in his late 30s and he's now 40, Charlie's been really good for the last three years. Then on top of that, you add Chris Sale, who is healthy, has had fluky things happen the last few years, and when healthy is outstanding – I'm telling you, I'm excited as I can be about this rotation. I really – and now, of course, it's February 13th, and we're hoping everybody will stay healthy, and that's not realistic. But still, you you have to have the depth. That's why we were talking about it with with Kylie, and I think the depth's there, to be honest with you. I, I just – I, you know, but Kirkland, I'm not one to listen to. I thought 1987 or 1988 they were going to be really good, and they lost 106, so don't listen to me. I mean, but they're a better team now, though. I just think it comes down to that to that layoff combined with the starting pitchers not, you know, living up to their billing and stuff, and it kind of caught up with us. Because those really weren't really blowout games. I think one, maybe one blowout game, and um, we just gotta stay healthy, like you said, man. Yeah, we can just stay healthy. We can put out, and we don't really, really need to win a division. We just come in as a wild card team because we we can't sit at home. I don't know we at home eating Oreos, twiddling our thumbs, or. Something. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, that's that's crazy. Need, baseball needs to change that, though. But, and I, I'm going to say that the last thing. We need to change that because nobody needs to sit at home, no layouts. We don't need no, no rest in baseball because baseball is a game of timing, and we need our timing. 
Yeah, I know. I don't know how they're going to fix it. Doesn't look like they're going to fix it this year. Hey, Kirkland, thank you. All right, buddy. Have All right, take care. 478-646-ESPN. Great calls, great talk here. We'd love to hear from you. 478-646-ESPN is our number. We're back with more sports talk on this Tuesday, right after this. Now, back to the Bill Shank Show on the Superstations. Five twenty-nine, our time. Thank you very much. Well, five twenty-eight, as a matter of fact, almost five twenty-nine. Thanks for being with us here on the show. We appreciate it. Our phone lines are open if you'd like to join in on the conversation. 478-646-ESPN. A lot of a lot of baseball today. Pitchers and catchers report tomorrow to Northport, Florida for the first few days, which is a lot of stretching and a lot of pro uh, uh, PFP, which is p- pitchers fielding practice. And what they do, I should leave this for when I'm there, but what they do is they go to, uh, they have several fields in the back. Uh, some of the fields are even half fields. They only have an infield. They, they like have a fence of the back end of the infield dirt. And they take pitchers out there, Major League and Meyer League, and they just do infield practice. They do, okay, we're going to throw it to first to try to get the bunt, which doesn't happen very often, but even if it's a swinging bunt, or you got to throw it a second, you got to throw it a third. I mean, they go around the horn, and that's you, you're here during the season. Well, they need to practice that more in spring training for PFP. That's what they do. And they do a lot of it. I mean, they have to get back in the mode of playing baseball. And, and we're to the point where so many players, as I said earlier in the show, I mean, while to, tomorrow is the quote-unquote reporting date for players in, that are pitchers and catchers in the 40-man roster and the non-roster invitees, a lot of them are already there. A lot of them are, are there, have been there for two weeks, and they're kind of ready to go. So it, it's, it's really a process of starting up. You know, they'll, they'll have a workout on, and, and again, did, were there players probably on the field at, at the stadium, I can't remember what it's called, uh, working out there. It used to be easy to say Disney. Are, are there Were there probably players and coaches in uniform on the field today, even though tomorrow's the official day for pitchers and catchers to report? Certainly. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to say, no, you can't go out there. It's not like you have a certain amount of practices or you have to limit your time. You can do whatever you want. And they don't, they don't wear them out. I mean, they, they try to... The good thing they do now in spring training that they didn't used to do, years past, they would have one day off in March. And i tell you what the Braves started doing, and I don't know when they started doing this, maybe about a decade ago. But the Braves started doing it to where when that day off comes in March, and now I think they have two, the entire organization is locked out of the complex. So in other words... You ain't going over there to work out. You're not going over there to run. You're not going over there to throw or hit or field. You're staying home. It's an off day. You are literally not able to go. And that's good because, the you know, they, 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 they need it. I'm telling you, I, I went one year. I was at spring training for the first full squad workout. I was in the dugout, and I, I had been doing a minor league TV show with the Braves at that point. 
So I had a, a, a tremendous amount of, of relationships and knowledge and knew a lot of the players then who were minor leaguers and so forth. And I was there the first day, a full squad workout. And that, I don't know what day that is, the Braves, or probably even like Monday or Tuesday or something like that. And, and I was there the entire spring training all the way through, and I was behind them. I pulled out of the parking lot behind the two team buses that were heading to the airport to go off to wherever they were playing to begin the season that year. It was like 04, 05. I think it was 04. And, yeah, it was 04 because I was writing a book about the Braves. And I want to tell you, it's great. Spring training is outstanding. I'm not complaining at all. That was a great year and a great experience. But by the time St. Patrick's Day rolled around on the 17th, I was ready to get the hell out of there. <laughs> and that's how the players feel, too. I mean, think about it. If you're there on February 13th and you got another month before you could even say we're two weeks away from opening day, that is a long process. And spring training is this long for pitchers. And, and and how about this? Isn't it kind of funny? It's kind of counterintuitive or whatever you want to say that, all right, spring training is in place this long for pitchers. Hitters will always tell you. You know, I, I, I and I unfortunately have to go late this year, but, you know, if I interview Austin Riley, you know, it'll be like, let's say, March 20th week before the season starts, and I'll say, hey, Austin, have you been ready to go? Oh, yeah, I'll be ready to go for since about a week and a half. Hitters will, will be ready after a couple of weeks of getting ready. They'll, they'll, you know, it doesn't mean they're going to start off, you know, hitting 400 in April, but, I mean, they're, they're ready quicker than pitchers. Pitchers, whether they've pitched all year or not during the offseason, they're, they're, they're going to be – taking a little more time to get loose and you know sometimes and I'll tell you this is this is kind of interesting for me to learn being at spring training in, in many occasions pitchers can even have a dead arm period because you think about this a lot of pitchers have been throwing already let let's say and 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 I'm just going to use it Spencer Strider all right it's February 13th Spencer Strider took some time off He's been throwing long toss and bullpens, let's say. Sometimes in spring training, you can even have a situation where a pitcher will get a dead arm late March. Now, a lot of times that dead arm stuff won't happen until late April or early May because at that point, I mean, if you think about it, early May, you've been throwing pretty regularly for about three months, and that's the that's the first time that I know in the minor league level sometimes – They'll say, well, this guy may be struggling a little bit. He may have a little bit of a dead arm. And that's just when the ball's not coming out of your hand the same as it as it has in the past. And you're you're a little rusty. You get rusty even though you've been throwing. So it's different now. But it's it's kind of funny in a way that pitchers have to have more time to loosen up and to get ready for a full season and yet pitchers don't throw very much anymore as far as in games now uh, adam wainwright who of course is from brunswick and uh, lives on st simons and is going to be a new analyst on mlb network which is great 
Adam was on television earlier today, and he was talking about how baseball is so cyclical and different things can kind of roll back around that may have been the thing in the past and then kind of died down and may come back up. And Adam said something really smart today in that, you know, I think pitchers are going to learn that it behooves them to pitch longer in a game and to pitch more innings in a season because they're going to get paid more. And, of course, with the way baseball has constricted the pitching over the last several years of not allowing a lot of people go third time through the order or not go past 100 pitches, which, of course, I think is the most stupid thing in the history of the world. It's just changed the game, you know, and and it's a shame. I, I remember asking Max Freed last year, I said, what? What is what is worse as far as you know not going deeper in games or or being taken out when you have a kind of a, a rhythm going and your pitch counts higher? You know, and we, we talked about that a little bit in our interview with Max last year and because Max Max is one who does want to go deep in games, but yet if you even if you want to, sometimes you're not allowed to these days because well, we're not going to we're not going to wear them out, and I guarantee you, because of what Max went through last year, the Braves are probably going to be overprotective of Max Freed, which in a way is stupid, right? Because just because he got hurt last year doesn't mean he's going to get hurt this year, and doesn't mean that if you overprotect him, you're going to keep him from getting hurt this year. But yet, that's how baseball is now, and so it's kind of it's kind of weird in some some ways. Ken and Macon joins us. Killer, you ready for baseball season? Yeah, I was going to tell you, I had a problem with my phone. My phone went out yesterday. That's why I couldn't get to talk to you. I meant to tell you, I went by Saturday. I was going with my mother to see my mother in Cochran at the nursing home, and she didn't want to go, so me and him. So we ate on you uh, Saturday. Sorry about that. At at the Steakhouse Restaurant in Hawkinsville, I heard that you saw Lewis Fowler. Was it good? picture of me and Joseph up there was I know I saw it. What did you eat? <laughs> I saw what I it was what did you I eat? Steak, but I ate maybe rice and, and beef. Okay. And he didn't have no fried chicken? Nah. No, it's okay. Well he's still got good food even if he ain't got no fried chicken. Enough what I had, but it was really good. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet it always is, isn't it? It tastes like steak and uh the rice and, and meat, so I said, dang, I like this thing. <laughs> I know. it's great. Everything he cooks is good over there at the Steakhouse Restaurant in Hawkinsville. He's got that big Valentine thing tomorrow, too, so it, it's a great place. I, I love going to Hawkinsville and love love going to see Lewis in the Steakhouse. Yeah, also, uh, awesome. let me ask you a question, Bill. Okay. A long time ago when Leo Mazzoni was in Atlanta and, and they used to work out for the thing, why don't they do the anymore? It seemed like it would help the start pitchers. That, that's why they could pitch more, and, and it wouldn't put so much pressure on the bullpen. You mean starting the preparation early in the in the month of February? Well, whatever. But it used to be a guy from L.A. Dodgers had a kineology, and uh, I can't remember who the Mike pitcher. Marshall. Yeah, and yep. if, if they they come back and learn that or do or do that, well. I could punch her or something like that. That probably would help them out. 
You know, um, first of all, Camp Leo was always something that they called when the Braves pitchers got to Atlanta before they left for Disney and just started to throw. To be honest with you, Killer, they all do that. I mean, they, they, they've been th- – a lot of them. I don't know about all of them. But several of the starting pitchers have been throwing at Truist Park for the last couple of weeks. And that goes on all the time now. These guys, just they don't take a whole lot of time off. Um, so, you know, it's, I know we made a big deal out of it when Leo was there. You know, back in the day when February 1st rolled around, and at that point the Super Bowl was usually in late January – the Dodgers were always the team that would take the field first in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium, mainly because the weather was usually pretty good in early February in L.A., and they would be the first ones on the field. And the first time you would see any video of anybody warming up or getting ready for spring training was at Dodger Stadium with the Dodgers. Now, I mean, it's just they, you know all over the place. I mean, the Braves, I know, are reporting the spring training tomorrow. I haven't seen really any Braves video but I mean, we saw video of 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 Otani yesterday in the in the batting cage. We've seen video of some of the other teams. I saw some of the Mets video on Twitter last night. So teams are just you know they just start so early. As far as the the individual pitchers of 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 trying to go deeper or, or trying to be more durable, it's just an industri- in, industrial problem that is is has taken on a life of its own that's really stupid because the overprotection of pitchers is not protecting pitchers from getting hurt. And once people realize that, maybe they'll stop the coddling of these pitchers. But it's kind of weird for sure. Killer, thank you. we got to run to break. 478-646-ESPN, 646-3776. We'll be back with more sports talk, more phone calls right after this. Now, back to the Bill Shank Show. On the Superstation. Five forty-six is our time. Thanks for joining us here on this Tuesday. Let's go to the phones and speak of the devil. The devil appears. We were just talking about him. The one and only Lewis Fowler from the Steakhouse Restaurant in Hawkinsville. I, I bet you've enjoyed this baseball talk a little bit. You're getting ready for the for the Braves and baseball season, aren't you? Yes, I am, Bill. I tell you, you've, get, you've gotten me fired up, getting ready to, to watch the Braves. And matter of fact, I've already taken care of that Bally Sport issue, too. Oh, yeah. good. Well, so, yeah, good. I've got my, my Bally Sports lined up on my television and – and uh, so we'll be watching the Braves when the season gets started. But, hey, we also listen to a good bit of it on the Superstation. Absolutely. Well, Braves good. Yeah, it's always always fun to listen to baseball on the radio, isn't it? It's just something about it. I listen to it on the radio. I, I keep up with it, you know, real good while I'm riding down the road. and Looking forward to the season starting. Absolutely. Well, you got a big night for tomorrow with uh, Valentine's Day. Tell us all about it so people can – Think about coming coming down there or, or, or coming to the steakhouse tomorrow night. Yeah, well, I mean, that's our traditional Valentine's special. Uh, it's two, a dinner for two, and um, it's two filet mignon steak dinners with uh, all the trimmings with a complimentary dessert, strawberry dessert, and um, it's for fifty four ninety five, and um, cooked any way you like. Goes with salad bar, et cetera, so... We're looking forward to a good Valentine's, 
And um, we've advertised it good on the Superstation, so I yep. think we've gotten the word out. And um, so we invite people to, to, to come. And we're doing more than just a special. I mean, you can also order off the menu. You can get carry-out orders. And um, so it's a full-fledged steakhouse, steakhouse dining night. We're just offering the, the dinner for two as our Valentine's special. Well, that that's great. And anybody close to Hawkinsville, in Hawkinsville, if you're within a 30-minute drive or whatever, if you haven't made plans with your sweetheart for for Valentine's, I hope you'll consider going over there because uh, I, now I keep on telling Lewis he needs to change the name to the Chicken House in Hawkinsville because of how good that daggum fried chicken is. But it is called the Steakhouse for a reason, right? Your steaks are pretty good, too. Yeah, we grill good char grill steaks. You know, we have a char grill, and uh, and we sell a variety of different types of steaks. You know, not just fillets and ribeyes, but hamburger steak is very popular. Killer Ken had the sirloin beef tips on rice. Oh wow, and, uh, I bet that was good. And, and and I can assure you that when I double checked on him while he was when he was finishing up, he had a clean plate. So, uh, <laughs> so hey, he really he he was really he was kind of shocked when I told him Bill Shanks was treating him to his to his dinner. <laughs> Well, that's great. I'm glad he came over there, and Lord knows, I, I, I can't wait to get back. You know, I've lost a little weight since I've been there, but I can tell you, Lewis Fowler, when I get there, I'm going to cheat a little bit with you, but don't tell my don't tell my trainer. He may get ticked off at me a little bit. I, I, I had already thought about this, if you came, and, uh, I mean, we're going to have to swap you over to grilled chicken, and, uh, grilled chicken breast instead of fried chicken, <laughs> and we're going to have to give you grilled shrimp instead of fried shrimp. <sighs> Man, I... I don't. I mean, I'm just gonna have to cheat that night. No, your your fried chicken. I, I'm just gonna have to cheat that night. And and they, you know, he told me. He told me. Seth told me at Totem Training. He said, "Yo, you can cheat once in a while. So if I'm gonna cheat, I'm coming there, and I may even get some daggum chocolate delight too." Well, you're welcome to come anytime, <laughs> and and uh, and I won't tell you, trainer, that you're eating fried chicken and fried shrimp. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Well, Lou, I hope y'all have a great night tomorrow, and uh, we're glad you called, and we'll we'll be there soon because we we love doing the show from there. So we'll be there soon, okay? Well, enjoy listening to you, Bill. And, okay, uh, Lewis Fowler, the Steakhouse Restaurant in Hawkinsville, and again the big special tomorrow, where you can go and get a great meal for two for fifty four ninety nine. I believe he said with all the trimmings and a dessert as well. So if you're making plans for Valentine's, make it right now for the Steakhouse Restaurant. Frank and Macon is next. Hello. Hey, Bill, how are you? Are you hungry now after that little commercial on the show? Every time Lewis starts talking about his restaurant, I get really hungry. <laughs> I know it. He's the best, but I don't I don't know about that grilled chicken stuff. I'm going to have to go fried if I'm going there, you know? Well, you know. You need to expand your horizons, Mr. Bill. There you go. Hey, exactly. Uh, the reason why I'm calling, you know, seven years ago, you and I, we sat in a empty Dodger Stadium after Georgia had beaten Oklahoma, and we saw players down on the field That's warming right. up and doing things. So to Lewis, uh, rather to Killer's point, you know, they're out there all the time in the good weather in those stadiums getting ready for the season. So uh, yep. that was kind of cool to see them out there working out that day. Yeah, we we were at the top of the stadium, so we really couldn't tell who it was. But there were several players out there. Don't know if they were major leaguers or minor leaguers. That because we really couldn't go any closer than where we were, which is at the top of the stadium. And of course, Dodger Stadium's in a hole. But you're right; I've forgotten about that. And that was what January twelfth or something like that. I or no, I, that was right after the Rose Bowl. That was January 
second or I guess probably right. Yeah, that was uh, in between you trying to make me look up where Hollywood stars lived, and I was uh, <laughs> trying to reject you at every turn. So uh, um, that was after you left me stranded on the curb in Pasadena, sicker than a dog dying. Well, we want to tell that full story about how you how you deserted me and went and watched the parade while I was in the hospital all by myself. Uh, get over it and let's move on. So let me ask you a question. <laughs> um, seriously, aside from the Dodgers, what team in the National League, in your estimation, as we enter spring training, has improved their roster the most? Well, that's 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 a good question. I mean. I, I just don't think the Phillies have done a whole lot, and, and I'm a little worried about that because I, I think they could still strike. Um, I, I don't know if there's anybody in the in the Central Division that just jumps off the page. I mean, the Cardinals should be better, but I don't know if they're going to be scaring you for a World Series appearance. I mean, they, they, they added three starting pitchers to their rotation with Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, and that, that's going to make them better than they were last year. They had one of their worst seasons in Cardinals history last year. Um, Chicago, uh, you know, they've got the new manager, Craig Council, but they really haven't done anything substantial like they did a year ago with Dansby. Um, a lot of people think Cincinnati could be a team to kind of watch this year. Milwaukee is is um, again. I just don't know about I don't know about Milwaukee. You know, I I just think the Dodgers and the Braves are are so far ahead of everybody else. I mean, Arizona did add Rodriguez. They added Jock Peterson. They they did add some talent there, but I I think the Braves and Dodgers are going to be 100-win teams, and nobody else is going to be close, to be honest with you. So I, you know, but the Phillies worry me since they haven't made a big move yet, if that makes sense, Frank, because they still have the money, and, you know, they they could use another relief pitcher. Kimbrell went to Baltimore, and that kind of worries me a little bit. Could they go out and get a relief pitcher? Kind of worried about them with Josh Hader, but he went to Houston instead, but National League hasn't seen a whole lot of teams go forward. I mean, it's been kind of a weird all season like that. And I think Atlanta and Los Angeles have just reaffirmed their standing as the two best teams in the National League, to be honest with you. All right, sir. Go Braves. All right. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but I'm I'm sitting here looking at the rosters right here. I have have the – the starters, I just, I just, I don't know. I, I think the Braves and the Dodgers are 100-plus win teams, and I don't see anybody being over 100 wins besides those two teams. I don't see anybody in the National League Central. I don't really see anybody else in the West, maybe Arizona in the mid-90s because they were at 84 last year. They'll be better this year. But, I, I, I mean, and, of course, I, I do respect the Phillies. Don't think I'm not. I, I just I don't know if they're a 100-win team or not. You're listening to The Bill Shanks Show.